Welcome to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And you guys know that one of my favorite things to do on the show is bring my friends on as guests. And I'm really lucky because I have some pretty awesome friends and awesome friends in different industries that do fun and amazing things, including things that involve food. And I love food. I'm Italian. Like everything in my life revolves around food. And so I thought, you know what? It's summertime. Summer is here. I love food. The barbecues are going. Oh, who can I who can I have join me on the show today? What about Chef Matt? Matt Basile of Oh, I just said it the wrong way, Matt. You did after all I, that. I know. I, We're both Italian. It's oh, Basile. Wow. Sorry. I just it's all good. That's so funny though because had I not told you that story earlier off I uh, would have said yeah, you would have nailed it. But then I, I put it into your head that that's what I used to go as when I was a kid. That's what you said. That's hilarious. But see, where did that come from? So, sorry. Let's go <laughs> back. from the story. Chef <laughs> Matt Basile. Thank okay. you. I'm just going to say that it's short for Basilico because, you know, an herb <laughs> or chef, like it kind of goes. You Clearly, you- that's exactly. We got, we got lazy somewhere. We were like, that's too many letters, but it's Basilico. You're right. <laughs> Chef, that's it. He's also not only is a chef, but he's the owner of the Del Gastro. And guys, let me tell you, if you've never had his food, you need to go and check it out. I don't know what I like. Your fried chicken sandwich, your smash burger, those pad thai fries. Like, come on. Thank you. Well, you know, come it's on, funny because it's like it's um, it's so weird how uh, if someone asked me what kind of a, a chef I was, and like. You know, I used to tell people I was a street food chef. And then after that, we were really well known for like brunch at, at our restaurant, Lisa Marie, back in the day. At the end of the day, it's really just comfort food. Like I think comfort food can come in all shapes and forms. It doesn't have to just be something that that's like a stew. Um, because the idea of comfort food, if you think about it, it's like no matter what's going on in the world, you feel comforted by the meal that you're you're enjoying. So you can have all this other stuff happening. Yeah. But as like long as your, your fried chicken is there. Yeah. And then a pandemic. And, yeah, yeah. Right. So and but you're think like, about it though, right? When COVID hit, like one of the first people, things people started doing was just cooking more because yeah. especially in the first two months of COVID where we all felt like what is going on out there? Is this the movie 12 Monkeys? You know what I mean? So <laughs> We had the only control we had was was the food we were eating, and I was making. It was the first time in ten years that I didn't work for an extended period of time because I didn't know what was going on. So we we shut down for two months, uh, March twenty twenty, and then April, and then we came back in in May. May kind of was like, okay, I think I know now with what the the, the little information we do have. I think I, I know how I can safely navigate at least until the next you know, checkpoint in this, in this journey, but people were like, I was cooking five or six meals a day at home. And it was like, there was no, (laughs) there was no calorie unturned. Like it was like all the things. Um, And I think that's kind of why I got into food. Really. I, I, 
I often ask people when I'm interviewing them and for something else for whatever, I'll be like, and especially if it's a chef, I'll be like, do you, do you love to eat food? What do you love more? Sorry, to eat food or to cook food? Yes, and I've always seen you ask that question when you did your series. It yeah, would be chefs and cars. In a car, yeah. yeah. And the reason why I ask it is ultimately they lend itself to the same thing. But it's like, I got into cooking food because I love to eat food. Like I would obsess about meals. And that was something that took, like, if you ask my parents, like the funny thing, we were just talking, cause we were just, I just saw them the other day. And we were talking about it. Cause my mom's like, can you do a little dinner party for me and my friends? One's celiac and one's this. And my mom doesn't eat, only eats fit. So I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? But I, I love to cook for my mom and my dad because they've always been so supportive. But the funny thing is if, you were to ask them like, well, what, what, what kind of, uh, you know, eater was Matthew as a child? They would have been like, he never ate. I was the pickiest eater For real? in the world. Yeah. The pickiest eater. I, they would do, the, they would have to bargain with me to eat food and they would be like, okay, just eat half of it and then you can go. And I would literally, when they weren't looking, I would just push all the food to one half of the plate and be like, done, we're out. You know, I, I, I thought dinners and food were just an obstacle uh, in the way of like video games or playtime. Well, then they sent me to, which is so funny because they sent me to uh, like a, like a religious camp as a kid. They didn't even know it was a religious camp. They were just like, <laughs> it's run by Italians. A friend of ours is sending their kid. You're going. And like, I got there and there was like a chapel on there. It was like the stations of the cross. I was like, oh my God, what are they signing up I'm for? Padre Pio was probably like the local. Oh man. But they had like 14 nonnies in the kitchen making food. And it was like the best food ever. So I remember I came back. I was 11. The first, I went three years in a row, not for the camp, but for the food. Like, and that's when... Uh, I really started to appreciate food that was made from scratch and tasted good. And my grand, my nonno, who was like, you know, he passed away um, about, I guess, 10 years ago, maybe eight years, eight or nine years ago. It was right before I opened the restaurant, he passed away. And he was like my everything. Like, he, you know, you have that one person in your life that you're yeah. like, this is my hero. This is my legend. He, he I, I learned everything from him. Um, and that, and that's what my nono was to me. So when he finally, like for years he would try, cause food was so important to my nono because for him, it was like currency and a way of life. Like you had, you had well, if you had food to feed your family, you know, Absolutely. and it was, that was how he gauged success. So he would make his own bread. He'd make his own pasta. His garden, his backyard was not a backyard where you played games. It was a garden where you went grocery shopping. You know what I mean? Like, um, so when I finally came back from this camp and I was like, no, no, I love food. I'll never forget how excited he was. So, oh, that is um, so Matt, we need to, does this camp still exist? Because we need to give them a shout. I don't know. What was I it don't called? know. I, I can't even remember. It's like, it's just, it was just this camp up North. It was, who knows? It's probably not running because we're talking like, I'm 37 today. So, and I went to this when I was 11. I know. Happy birthday. Thank you. I, I, I feel, uh, someone asked how I feel like I'm actually like still quite youthful. Like I feel Matt, we like are. slowed down. I know we are. I know we, we are. are. I know we are, but, but, um, you know, things start to slow down a bit and, uh, you know, so 
but I, I, I feel great. You know, it's been a, it's been a weird year and a half, obviously, but um, I'm a big believer in like energy and putting good energy into things and yeah, not wasting I, energy on things that you don't want to do. And you, I was in a, yeah. I was saying you put like not only a lot of energy, but a lot of love and passion into the food that you make. And you can tell like, you, for those of you listening at home, if you don't follow Chef Matt, you need to on Insta because his stories, his posts, um, even when he does is like, oh, Matt, what are they called when you're like, um, things I want to not kill. Uh, oh, crush. crush. The things I want to crush. Yeah. <laughs> so five things I love to crush is like, but it's so funny like, I remember awesome. When, but it's so funny how series start, right? Like you look at trends in media and you go, okay, lists do very well. Like, for whatever reason, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or t- like people love countdown lists. And what I realized is if, if you're not like an actual, like someone like in, in like a, a profession where people really need to know the information, the lists are pretty arbitrary and you can just make them up and it's a lot of fun. So I was like, well, I'm going to, five things I love to crush is where I take a category of food and or beverage or something within the space of that. And I just do a top five countdown list. Yeah, those are like, those are my, my favorite. And for like, I'm telling you, if you don't follow him, you need to follow him because when you see his list, you know, the five things he needs to crush when it comes to pizza or um, cookies. I remember watching your cookie one during the pandemic, like when we first went into lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, it was like one in the morning and I just, I was like, I need cookies. And I think I messaged you one in the morning. I'm like, thanks. I think you did actually. I I I cookies. I legit woke up at because I, I, I wake up early every day now and it's like I think I woke up at seven they're like Pina just messaged me at 2 a.m being like now I need cookies, <laughs> I need cookies like, what's going it. on in that house <laughs> what's oh being every night yeah, every right? night but one of, one of the things that um I wanted to focus on and talk about on the show today specifically when it comes to food is barbecuing because the nice weather's here and listen if you're anything like me we barbecue all year round. I barbecue all year round. Right? But now is the like, now's like prime time. It is barbecue season. We're in the thick of it. You know what I mean? So I was like, Matt, let's talk barbecue. Let's talk meat. Let's talk, I don't know, everything that we put on the barbecue from like different cuts of meat to veggies and all sure. that other kind of stuff and different ways. To use our I always say that I feel the most uh, at home when I can just cook over fire. So it's like, yes, I love cooking in my kitchen with deep fryers and stovetops and flat, but really like I am the most comfortable cooking over a live fire because it is now, not only is it a different technique, the technique itself lends different flavor and different directions that you can go with food. And it's something I, t- I take a lot of pride in. You know, and it takes a lot of years of practice. And now I feel like it's, uh, it's just, it's second nature. You know, we yeah. just do it. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. Cause we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with chef Matt Basile. I'm going to, that's it. I'm changing your name. Chef Matt Basilico. Um, <laughs> the birthday At this boy. point, just call me Maddie. <laughs> hey Matt. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to talk all about um, the barbecue. I love and it. cooking over, what did you say? A live, live fire. fire. Live fire. I've never heard that before. Don't go anywhere. This is the parenting show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
now back to the parenting show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Parenting Show. I am your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca, and I am joined with Chef Matt Basile. Ta-da! <laughs> Chef Extraordinaire, Barbecue Master, Grill Master. I'm making stuff up. I hope you like it. I know you are. You're just, you know what? Like You're you freestyling. It's not like I'm just pulling it out of my ass. Um, you, you're good at this stuff. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with this stuff. And I think that's when you, like, I've always uh, preached, like, having fun with food. Because if you're not enjoying yourself, like, I, I love this industry. I love working in this world. I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my life than being creative with food. Yeah. because I love it so much. But I think a lot of people within our industry take themselves a little too seriously. And I think we need to yeah, like to understand that this needs to be like a fun process. And if it's not fun, why? Because it's a lot of work. And that's the other thing too. People don't yeah. realize just how much work being running a food company, pandemic or not, but sure, let's throw that into the mix too while we're at it. Okay, like, sure. A lot of work. So if you're not enjoying yourself and there's moments where I'm having, I'm like, wow, this is a lot. Like this is a heavy, heavy time. Like just as far as like what is expected out of you, time and commitment and sacrifice. Yeah. It's a lot. Make it fun because I think that that is like, uh, it makes a huge difference. Right. And it doesn't necessarily, it goes for everyone, whether you're a chef or you're at home cooking for sure. yourself or for your family. Right. So, so Matt, we're talking barbecues, right. And we're talking barbecue season and uh-huh. we're an open flame. Like, where do we start? Can, oh, you know what? I think I know. Um, I have this question for you. Go for it. So I go to a lovely butcher shop in Vaughn. The fine folks over at Totera Fine Foods. Let me give them a plug because I love them. What um, up, Totera? <laughs> yeah. And they have this huge chalkboard. And yeah. it's like, it shows you the different cuts of meat. I love sure, it. I think that's super important. I think people okay. need to know the different like areas of the things that they're eating. Okay, but Matt, I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's nice. I don't know. So like, right. can, like what is like, what kind of meat should we be looking sure. at? getting like for different things like I don't know what's a good steak right so I mean believe it or not I actually grew up working in butcher shops like that was actually my first job in food was grocery stores and butcher shops I'll do a little plug Bruno's Fine Foods Avenue Road that's where I uh, I started there uh, in Toronto and I I always say to people like it's always easier to sell someone what they're going to make for dinner versus like a raw piece of meat for example so I when I would when people would be looking at steaks more often, there's two kinds of people that are that are shopping. There's the people who know exactly what they want because they are quite versed in barbecue culture or grilling culture. They actually find it; they're almost like a, they're hobbyists. So mm-hmm. they they are looking for something specifically for a cook, and that cook could take one hour, two hours, four hours, eight hours, twelve hours. If you're doing a brisket, that's a twelve hour day, you know, and you're just sitting outside. And that's part of the experience. Then there's the other side of people who have barbecues. Usually if you have, if you just have a barbecue for the sake of having a barbecue, it's usually a propane or a gas barbecue because it's a little bit easier. To, you know, nothing wrong with that. Ask, like charcoal or nothing wrong with propane gas? I, if I, so I have, I have a lot of barbecues. I have a barbecue for every, every occasion. You know, uh, I have smokers. I have charcoal barbecues. I have 
gas propane barbecues. I even have just like flat top plancha barbecues for like smash burgers and stuff like that. Um, my favorite thing to cook on uh, is a charcoal barbecue. There is yeah. nothing better than that. And you know, you've nailed it when people walk by and go, oh, that smells so good. And I haven't even cooked anything yet. Like I'm just getting it hot. So it's like, that's when you know that the charcoal and that like the way I, I, I love this analogy is like fire is the world's is history's most important invention. So many things came after and as a result of the invention yeah. of fire. And then now being able to cook over live fire is like harnessing that invention and using it as a, as a, as a force to just bring flavor and people together. Like I'm just so enamored. Even by we're doing over something life. right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but like cooking over live fire is for me, like not only is it fun, it's just has so much flavor and it has nothing to do with meat specifically. It could be meat. It could be seafood. It could be you know, fish. It could be vegetables. Like there's just something about using the element of fire to cook uh, that it will always elevate what you're doing. But then, so back to the butcher shop thing. So mm-hmm. then if someone isn't sure what you're, you, you know, you, you basically walk them through your primary cuts. You start there. So if we're talking steak, well, well let's just assume we're talking, you know, steaks right now. So your primary cuts are your, like your New York strip loins, your beef tenderloins, your rib steaks, ribeyes. Then you have your T-bone steak porterhouse, which is actually a combination of a tap. It's got a piece of tenderloin and then a strip oh, loin connected by the bone. That. Yeah, that's all they are. I know. Like, Fancy. You were like, you were like, oh, I hate tenderloin, but I love T-bone. It's like, well, there's a certain part. You know. <laughs> um, and then this, you know, the same thing goes for rib steaks and ribeyes, right? When people are like, oh, I love prime rib, hate ribeye. But it's like, that's the same thing. One's got a bone, one doesn't. Like, that's, that's all it is, right? So those are your primary cuts. What you're looking for is a couple of things in those. You want a nice marbled steak. The marbling fat is is flavor when it comes to grilling uh, or barbecue. Fat, and, and when people go, oh, but it's so chewy. Well, that's gristle. Gristle and fat are two different things. Fat oh. cooks into the meat, so it actually melts and dissolves into the meat, making it tender. Gristle is there forever. You cannot cook it out. It's always, it'll just always be there. It's chewy. It's, yeah, it's just like not a thing. Like gristle. You know, so. Sounds disgusting um, too. Sounds disgusting. The other thing too is, and and people don't, um, like people ask me all the time, hey Matt, I bought a steak. How long do I cook for it? Well, my first question is, how big is it? What's the size of it? You know, like, because the cook time is dependent on obviously your internal temperature of your barbecue, but then also the weight uh, and the size of the, the piece of meat you're cooking. So and I'm a big believer. Cooked, and right? how you want it cooked, right? So I'm a, if we're talking steak, I'm a medium rare to almost rare person. Like I don't mm-hmm. like my, and it also depends on the cut of meat. Cause not all cuts like ribeyes and skirt steaks taste and chew much better at the medium to medium rare world. Like, but if you go cook a ribeye rare, it is, very chewy and very it just doesn't it doesn't work well so you just have to kind of know the cuts i'd say the entry level steak for most people is the new york strip line i feel like it's the one that's like looks the least intimidating um it's kind of just what you envision when you think of a steak um there's nothing wrong with it it's not the best cut it's not the worst it's it's a very good cut of meat 
very dependable. It's kind of like a, like a Cadillac, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> you know, are there things better than the Cadillac? For sure. Can you go wrong with a Cadillac? No. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't work for Cadillac. I'm just using that <laughs> as an example. Like, um, you know, as, as like a marker. So I, I tend to, I love ribeyes. I think they have a great fattiness to them, but my go-to is the, uh, is the porterhouse. Um, so you get a little bit of strip loin, you get a little bit of tenderloin, but then you have bone. And what people don't realize is bone adds even more flavor to the meat when like you're actually drawing flavor from the bone, um, especially when you're grilling it over charcoal. And then um, like, I, I like my steaks nice and thick. So if you like be steak, if you're Argentina, like you cut them at least, you know, two inches is the smallest I will go on the, the thickness of my steak. I won't go any thinner than Fred that. Flintstone that, over here. <laughs> that, but then like, we'll do the big bistecas and they're like four inches and then you can like stand them up and roast them that way. And it's just an even cook and you render the fat into the meat. And so that's my go-to, but then there's amazing other cuts of meat that are kind of secondary cuts or tertiary cuts where there used to be considered throwaways um, because they were, you know, it would just be put into ground beef, but then people realized, Oh wait, there's a lot of flavor here. And they were cheap and then they got, because they were cheap, they were, became popular. And then when they became popular, they became more expensive. And yeah. that's where the economy of food comes into play. But um, like, you know, your skirt steaks, your flat irons, your, um, uh, your flanks, like these are all things that are, they're not thick cut cuts of meat. You know, they're usually, they're thinner, quick grillings. They all need to be marinated to a certain degree, like a skirt steak over like with a really nice, marinade and then a nice chimichurri over it perfect just slice super thin just so easy uh, you can't go wrong and then there's your braising meats right these are the meats that have a lot of uh, muscle tissue and they need to be cooked over longer periods of time to break that down and really make them tender so a uh, beef brisket in the and you use the word sorry you said barbecue earlier what's really funny is barbecue and grilling are technically two different things yes yeah, you know, teach teach us teach me here we go grilling is is like just on a like i said on a little gas grill where most of the cook is done with like the barbecue open you know whereas barbecue usually is a you need a live fire you're creating a a, a a closed off area where you're holding a temperature cooking it for a longer period of time so brisket in the world of barbecue is the gold standard of i guess achievement or, or learning it's like once you've mastered a brisket you feel like you've you've learned how to properly barbecue because it's such a it's a long cook first off it's like a anywhere between eight like and 12, 12 hours, hours to cook oh. yeah it depends on what temperatures you start and end off and if you wrap which i do and how lean and or, or whatever so there's a range there's always a range um it's a long cook. If done properly, it can be incredible. If done poorly, it can be inedible. Like, so there's a lot of like range within that. Um, so beef brisket really is the, the, that's the like sticker on the fridge. That, you know? You're like, yeah. you're good to go. Because it's so, there's so many variables and there's, and there's like, it takes patience. Like that's the other thing too. Like, oh God, I don't have any like, of those. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> I'm well aware. I'll never forget. This is like, I was still in university, but I was, you know, I grew up in butcher shops. I was a, I was already a barbecue enthusiast in university. And I remember being there and we, there was a St. Patrick's day party and everyone's like, everyone bring your own steak and you can just like grill it on the thing. 
already I thought that was so weird. I'm like, you don't provide the food? Like this is when you throw a party, you provide food. This is how I was raised. But anyways, so I'm right. I'm bringing my own steak, whatever. The Italian is like, this there. is weird. Right? So on and on, on yeah, it's done and off. And the guy who goes, he had his, his steak on the grill for four hours. I felt like it was on forever. Then I see him like cutting into it to see if it's done. I'm like, dude, that thing's dead. Trust me. There's no juice left in that for a mile away. So that, that kills me. Uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. See, there's, there's so many different like things that go along with grilling, barbecuing, cooking over an open flame. And that's why I'm glad that we have you on the show today, because you're helping us out with all of this down to cuts of meat, which I was like, like I said, I go to the butcher shop and I look and I'm like, I don't know. I'll take one. I don't know. That That one. (laughs) And and people assume expensive means better. And that's not always the case. Then you start to learn like the gradings, like you got to look for that marbling. You want to see some good fat content in your meat. Like that's what you're looking for. Not gristle. Not gristle. Fat. Don't go anywhere. Fat. We'll be back with more right here on the Parenting Show. It's myself, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and Chef Matt Basile. Ooh, nailed it. <laughs> You're listening to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. Joining me on the show, my buddy, Matt Basile, Chef Matt Basile. Um, also What's up? And founder of Fidel Gastro's, which is delicious, by the way. Well, Delish. thank you. Amazing. Delish. So you guys need to check him out and check out the amazing food. Uh, I can't even talk. I'm so excited about the food that the words are not coming out of my mouth, Matt. You're hungry. You're hangry. (laughs) (laughs) What I was saying was you need to check out Fidel Gastros because he does amazing catering. So um, yeah, go follow. Thank you. Order. Um, So Matt, we were talking about different cuts of meat before the break Mm -hmm. and like steaks and like what to get because a lot of us just go to the butcher shop and we're just like, "Uh, yeah, so I'll get that. And we don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, So thank you for the tips there. But now I'm thinking, you know, us parents listening, uh, the parents listening at home, I'm a mom, obviously, you know, burgers are key for the kids. Uh, Not only for the kids, what am I saying? For everybody, for everybody. you You said it yourself growing up, you were more of a picky eater. And so I find that even with the kids that are picky eaters, um, they, they don't rarely will turn away a good burger, right? A thousand percent. What what kind of meat do we get to make like a fantastic burger? Help us out. Well, let's start with what we don't get. You know, I mean, there's um, you want to I want to see everything that's going into my burger. So I don't like to see pre-made. I don't buy pre-made burgers ever. Um, I don't buy frozen box burgers ever. I don't buy I I don't even really buy uh, the ground beef um, that's in the counter to make burgers because a lot of times, not that there's anything wrong with this, it's it's predominantly trim. So trim is when you've cleaned off all the other meat. And then it's not a bad thing. Why do you make it feel like a bad I mean, thing? We all have so trim. We're on Zoom, so Matt can see. I just made this yeah. disgusting I, thing. It's like, Ew. Yeah, trim is normal. This is but this is the thing. We need to we need to embrace the fact that there this came from something that had to be 
trimmed and cleaned and and, yeah, and whatever, right? True. So I get it. We it, it didn't come like that. It, it didn't come like a, a I know. Burger. And I so, am the type of person, which I think you're getting at, is I don't buy the pre-ground meat either. I usually go and ask for a cut of meat and get them to grind it for me. That is the best thing to do, especially with burgers. So I tend to, um, I like, again, I was saying this earlier, you love, you need to have a good fat to meat ratio in your, in your patty. Um, and I, I tend to use 100% ground brisket with a little bit of this ribeye trim, uh, a little ribeye trim in there because it's just, a, it makes a great burger. Um, some, I, and then when I see people season their burgers, it's like they got their, Bush this year and they get their eggs and they get the this it's like you don't need any of that for you real don't need any of these things what? if you have good meat all you need is a little salt and a little pepper and that is it that is it the burgers that i made you at our kitchen when you came by that time yeah. has salt it has pepper and it has ground brisket and that is it there's what? nothing else in the meat like- nothing else there's like now, people there's a, that will put barbecue sauce in it to add flavor, eh, some onion, egg, eh. breadcrumbs. But those are binders, right? So you're like, you're using that stuff to hold Because the meat, meat is not that good. Because, well, it's just, it's leaner, right? So a leaner meat will, fat is a binder, right? So it'll keep it together. But what's interesting is like the smash burgers become, you know, it's a huge thing in California. It's been a huge thing in California for years, but the smash burger is a relatively new thing here in Toronto. And it's so popular. We do them. A lot of places do them. They're great. So, and a lot of people ask me, what is a smash burger? So why don't we get into that first and foremost? A smash burger is when you have your meat. So let's say we we just ground our brisket. Okay. We form it into balls. Now a smash burger is meant to have thinner patties. So instead of having a, you know, one burger that has an eight ounce patty in it, chances are you're going to have a burger that has two, four ounce patties. Okay. Like two smaller patties. It starts in a ball. You use a flat surface. So whether it's a flat top grill, an outdoor plunge, a flat top, a cast iron skillet, whatever it is, it needs to have a flat grill. You place them in hot, right onto the hot surface in your balls. And then you use either a flat spatula or a burger press or the combination of two things. And you smash them right into it. And you only flip them once. You have to cook, flip, have to cook. And that's it. They cook in their juices. You got, you know, when it, once it's in its ball form, get a little salt and pepper on it. You do your flip, a little more salt and pepper, cheese on it, and, and you're done. That is it. That and is parents, it. this is a great meal to prepare when your kids are pissing you off and you need to take that aggression out. You just smash that burger and you're like, you oh, smash it. for one here. I'm feeding the kids and I'm taking out some aggression. And what's so funny is like, like all the other elements too are equally as important. So I find the the burger bun is often an afterthought with most people. And in my opinion, it's one of the most important things. So I love using like a nice soft brioche bun or a, or a potato bun. Like potato buns are phenomenal for cheeseburgers, you know, and then I'll always do pickles. I'll always do a little bit of chopped onions. I'll do a little bit of lettuce. I'm not a big fan. I love tomatoes, but not crazy with tomatoes in my burgers. I find if you're going to use a really, uh, first off, if you're using a, a not great tomato, then why is it even there? Because they have no flavor. And secondly, if you're using a really good tomato, why aren't we making a salad that makes it a star of the show? So it's like, why oh, yeah. like, I love, I love tomato salads, right? So I'm not, that's why I'm, I'm, um, pickles are a must in my burgers. 
And then, and some, I love cheese. I, I live for cheese, but yeah. nothing makes a better cheeseburger. And kids love cheese. Than American, like American, like orange squares of cheese, like of, of, of American processed cheese. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it, it is. I it know. makes so good. the best burger. So you smash your burgers and you, you know, you wait three minutes on a high, high heat. You want that crisp. You want that sear. The salt will really help with that. The hot pan or the hot surface will really help with that. You give it a flip. As soon as it flips, cheese on top. Let that start to melt. Cooks for another three minutes. Stack it in the bun. Away you go. And, and you go. it's Your like. kids will love you. Love you. They will love you. Love and then you. I'll, and you know I'll, what? I'll teach you right now how to make Big Mac sauce from scratch, too. Like, it's oh, such okay. a. Tell us. Tell us. Like, it's literally French dressing, mayo, chopped onions, chopped pickles blend it together and you got the sauce. So it's like, okay, I know my kids love fast food. I'm going to recreate that for them at home with ingredients from scratch. I feel better about it. Uh, it's tastes better. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, you've, it's so you've, you've mimicked all the things that they love, but now you've made it from scratch yourself. And it's like, why not? That doesn't mean the other stuff isn't great. I, I eat out all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I, uh, I'm like, I'm a big. And fan. you know what? We both, we both love our McDonald's. I love it. I love it. You I, know? I literally invented a breakfast sandwich. So it's like, I know. I, I know. Okay, so wait, I love we're it. gonna go to break, but wait, Matt, just tell everyone like your favorite breakfast at McDonald's, please. It's the sausage egg McMuffin with Big Mac sauce on it. It's the best thing ever, <laughs> guys. He posts about it all the time it's the best it's amazing yeah it's so good <laughs> don't go anywhere we're gonna be back with more right here on the parenting show and with chef matt basile this is it we're talking barbecue season we're talking grilling we're talking cooking over an open flame and feeding our children and smashing burgers <laughs> we've got more smashy smashy <laughs> we'll be back in a minute Back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back with Chef Matt Basile right here on the Parenting Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We are talking about cooking over an open flame. Do you like how I'm saying I, I switched it over, Matt? Before I was saying barbecue, but then you're like... You know, a barbecue is one thing, grilling something else, cooking over an open flame is something else. So you're teaching me. And, and I know that you're teaching the parents that are listening at home as well. Before the break, we were talking about kids and just like how to make a really good burger because kids love their burgers. And honestly, I think a burger is like a way better thing to do for them than throw a hot dog on the grill. Like, you know, a, a good hot dog is a good perfect. hot dog. You know what I mean? Listen, I love a hot dog. Don't get me wrong. A little yeah, sweet I'm not, meat never hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dissing the hot dogs, but nothing beats a good burger. And your kids will, like, even if they're a picky eater, you know, it's rare that they're going to, like, shy away from a good smash burger. Let's be it's honest, true. you know? It's true. It's very so, Matt, true. what are some other things um that we can like put on i was gonna say the grill the barbecue oh cook oh. over an open flame um all the things yeah tell us tell us so for kids i think um corn is a great one i think if we're looking at like corn on the cob 
uh, especially when it's corn season here in Ontario, we have some of the best corn in the world. So it's like, if you have a chance, and again, we talked about patience earlier, right? So if you can roast the corn in the husk, it steams in there, then you pull it back and then you grill it off. So you get that nice charry bits. And then I love, and I do this for catering sometimes and it goes over really well, where you have like a little topping bar for corn. So it's like, oh, I'm going to make one with a little bit of sour cream and a little bit of Mexican cheese, a little cilantro, a little jalapenos, mm. boom. And then another one, a little tzatziki, a little feta, a little chopped olives, a little chopped tomatoes. Boom. So like you can have like little like curated flavor profiles that, you know, can go on your corn because corn is very tasty. Or guess what? Corn's great on its own. You don't have to do anything to it. If it's like, if it's fresh on your So yeah, I think it's such a... Uh, a versatile thing. It's fun. Kids love to eat with their hands. I love to eat with my hands. Who doesn't love to eat with their hands? Like, I know, great. right? And it's less yeah. to clean. Less to clean. No, like, you don't have to worry about washing dishes afterwards. God, yeah. Hands. So corn, and you know what? I'm glad you said um, Ontario grown. We have... Oh. So much amazing homegrown uh, veggies that like everything fruits, vegetables. The biggest issue is how small our window is, right? Like it's such a small window for fresh ingredients. Yeah, I just I just picked the last of my zucchini flowers in the garden yesterday. Yes, I uh, I like I I love it, right? I love it. Yeah, Um, asparagus too. Asparagus over. I feel like whenever you cook, like if kids are afraid of eating vegetables, cooking them over a barbecue will be the way to bring them in because. They can get that beautiful char on it, a little bit of fresh lemon juice. Like that's the other thing too, like like a little bit of acid. So fresh lemon over anything you cook off the barbecue just gives it a little more flavor. Like oyster mushrooms. I, as a kid, was terrified of mushrooms. Like what are these spongy things? But if you take a cluster of oyster mushrooms, you almost like season it and marinate it like it's meat. So like a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of chocolate garlic, and then you get that charred on the grill. You get these beautiful little crispy bits, some, some more tender bits. Like it's just all over the place as far as like texture is concerned. Finish it off with a little bit of chives, a little salt, a little lemon juice. And it's yeah, great. Veggies, veggies are amazing on the grill. Um, it's and unfortunate I'm, people refer to them as side dishes, right? Because it, it doesn't have to be. I know, like the portobello mushroom. That's, that's a beauty. Hello. Hello. Okay. What about about like (laughs) seafood? Uh, Shrimp. You can't go wrong with, with big shrimps. Mm -hmm. I I love, love grilled shrimps, you know, and you can, you can do actually when I was a kid, one of my first ideas for a restaurant was I wanted to, I wanted to do for shrimp, what like for chicken wings though, like where you go in, you order a pound of shrimp and you can like pick your different sauces, not breaded, not fried, like grilled shrimp, which is done up in different ways. And it was treated, but then, then you start to learn about like things like the cost of food. And you're like, oh, that'd be a lot. <laughs> um, but this is like, I was like 14 or 15. I'm like, I want to do, I want to open a shrimp restaurant, um, but treat it like they're chicken wings. So it was, that, uh, cool though. yeah, but big, yeah. nice, beautiful shrimp, fresh lemon, you know, season them up. I, I had like the, the hot chicken. It's true. It's true though. So it's good. And- it's so good. Chicken. What, oh, what's like the ways. best? Is it is it wings? Is it breast? Is it is it the full chicken? What is it, Matt? So I love to do two different kinds of chicken. When I do chicken wings, I do the full wing on the barbecue. So you have the Ooh. drum and the and the drum and the flat connected with the tip. Uh, you leave it whole over hot charcoal, indirect heat. Finish it on the grill. You get a great char on it, uh, and then flat chickens. Uh, like you'll spatchcock it. You cut it down the back. Again, reverse sear indirect heat 
finish it over the hot charcoal. You get a nice crispy skin. So Guys, good. Basically, we should be, our summers are short here in Ontario. So they we are. should be cooking everything outdoors I over agree. an open fire for as long as we can. So we should not be cooking inside anymore. Like, especially now after we've had Chef Matt, like going through all of this stuff with us. Chef Matt, we only have like a few minutes left of the show. So really yes. quickly, five things I like to smash when it comes to cooking over an open flame. Go. Lamb legs, cauliflower, ribs, bistecca fiorentina. Give One me that more. whole chicken too while we're there. And the whole chicken. Okay, and... Because Chef Matt and I are huge music fans. We are. We've actually bonded over music quite a bit. Yes, Matt. Like, what are some tunes? What are some good tunes to listen to while barbecuing? Because you need to get the dance, the groove going. We need to get you know? in the zone. So I'm a Metallica guy. I will always yes. play Metallica because I just look, yeah, fire, fire. <laughs> you know, like, so it's a pyro scene. Beastie Boys, always do a little Beastie Boys oh, yeah. while I'm cooking. Little Daft Punk uh yeah like, so i like to yeah get in there. and then i'll go old school like zeppelin can just be on in the background oh. all the time so i think those would have to be I'd say zeppelin metallica daft punk and beastie boys kind that's of a, it. guys a melange. He cook, he's got great taste in music marry me now matt that's it <laughs> matt if people want to find you where can they find you because honestly guys he has amazing tips that you're always posting um, through your stories or actually through your posts. So you're going to want to follow him at. Thank you. Uh, at Chef Matt Basile uh, on Instagram. Or if you want to check us out in person, we're in Etobicoke, 37 Advance Road, Unit 105. We've just started a new partnership with our, our neighbors who are a brewery. So you can either pick up our food for takeout or delivery in the area, or you can go sit on a brewery patio, order some beer, order our food best of both worlds my favorite thing beer and like amazing food and guys trust me his food is amazing i have like taken the drive um you did half hour drive just to go pick up food and then half hour to come back home and i'm telling you worth every single second chef matt thank you so much for joining us today and um, thank you i'm gonna go and uh, hit up the butcher shop and get the grill going Tell Vito I say hi. Open flame. (laughs) (laughs) That is it for us, but we will catch you next week right here on the Parenting Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.